Welcome to the Identity Trust Pulse, where you can hear the latest trends and insights from the fraud and identity industry and find out more about minimising fraud risks to your organisations. For many of us, November represents the start of the holiday shopping season. Australia's Click Frenzy event, China's Singles Day has just passed earlier this year, and coming up, we have Black Friday and Cyber Monday in the US and around Europe. And of course, Boxing Day sales in Britain and around the Commonwealth. Many e-commerce platforms will experience an increase in traffic during this period. But among the welcomed visitors in search of a bargain will be fraudsters looking for illicit gains. I'm your host, Pratik Chowdhury, and I'm joined by Skip Myers, Solutions Consultant at LexisNexis Risk Solution. Skip's experience spans over 30 years across law enforcement, fraud investigations, retail loss prevention, crime prevention, emergency preparedness, EAS security, e-commerce risk strategy, and online fraud prevention. Wow, Skip, that's quite the CV. Thank you, Petit. Today we'll discuss the topic of e-commerce holiday fraud. We'll cover common tactics employed by fraudsters during the peak shopping period, as well as tips on how e-commerce platforms and consumers alike can protect themselves. Skip, firstly, how are you? Thanks for joining us. Well, thank you. Thank you very much for having me. Great. So let's crack on, Skip. Question number one. um, This is quite a good question. According to a report by Checkpoint Research, there's been a rise of 178% in malicious e-commerce fraud websites observed from October to December of 2021 compared to the rest of the year. This indicates that fraudsters are hard at work during the holiday season, right? It's not a holiday season for them, but actually it's their fully working period. Is that right? No, you're you're absolutely right. I mean, uh, the bad guys are working 24-7 and they they just got to get it right one time. And, you know, we got to be vigilant and be right all the time to prevent the fraud. But, you know, a lot of this has come about, this increase in fraud has come about more and more as people shop more and more online. Right. And it really started during the pandemic and the lockdowns where people just couldn't get out. And so that just inherently increased the desire for people to shop online or, you know, buy online and pick up in store where it was available. And so, yes, last year, uh, bad guys have been hard at work capitalizing on the increase in online transactions. And part of that, just like the study said, that hard work gave them all kinds of new information and data to use against good people and good businesses. And a lot of that came from building those malicious shopping sites to steal and harvest personal information. And those shopping websites on the rise with bad guys are easy to create. And a lot of times, especially this time of year, they're set up to coincide with the holiday shopping season. And in that report, which is really interesting, is that on average, uh, that report found that 5,300 new malicious uh, e-com websites were created per week and recorded from October to December 2021, according to the Checkpoint Research Study. And what's, what's really interesting is that some of us may have been on those sites, but some of us were probably on those sites and actually clicked on something that we shouldn't. So how does this work? Well, these scam websites are set up to resemble legitimate websites, often spoofing the appearance and branding of popular online shopping destinations that a lot of us uh, visit every day. And so what happens, these customers, you and I, would arrive by clicking through fraudulent emails or phishing attacks or advertisements that come into your inbox. 
And those emails trick you into buying something or after visiting that site, believing that that site was a legitimate site and that that product from that legitimate shop you end up purchasing. And at which point that criminal who created that website acquires your credit card details and other personal information. And guess what? They never ship that item. And therefore, now you're a victim of credit card fraud and some identity theft. And what happens, too, uh, in that process Bad guys get so good at that and they get so emboldened that they start creating other means to collect your data and stolen inf information through social media and hijack accounts through friends and family. And so since this type of scam targets customers in the attempt to steal our credit card and personal information, the rise of this type of fraud is increasing over and over all over the world. And it affects businesses and, and private citizens in several different ways. And a lot of that happens because of these stolen credit cards that were har harvested during this uh, campaign with malicious uh, shopping sites are later used at legitimate websites, which in turn causes chargebacks. And if you're a merchant, you you hate chargebacks. They're, they, they hit your bottom line, they decrease revenue, and they hurt your brand. And each uh, chargeback, according to the Checkpoint Research Study, Chargebacks cost a business an estimated of, of 2.6 to 3.2 times the price of the product that was actually lost. So that's a lot of money. That's recouping the resources to investigate that, the shipping, the finance charges, and the credit card processing fees. So bad guys know what they're doing, but we have to be more vigilant to stop what they're doing to us. Well, look, I mean, the holiday period, I love it, right? Uh, I love shopping online and buying a lot of stuff online sometimes in London it's a bit too cold to go outside to be honest. What do you think are the three main types of frauds that are concerning um, or the most common types of fraud during this period that the consumer needs to be wary of? Well I, I think there's three types of fraud that are very concerning and they can vary by being the number one, number two, or number three but I think there's three that that are worth always mentioning especially this time of year and the most common types of fraud that we're going to talk about today is ATO fraud or account takeover fraud, uh, synthetic identity theft or th synthetic identity fraud, and malicious bots. All right, so let's start with account takeover fraud. What is it? Well, account takeover fraud or ATO fraud is a form of identity theft, and it works in, in a series of very small steps by the bad guy. First, the, the fraudster will gain access to a victim's account, and that could be all kinds of different accounts. Um, your social media account, your banking account, you name it. But then the bad guy makes, you know, changes to that account without you knowing about it. And those those changes are just so, small changes, but it's enough to, to where they're able to modify some some personally uh, identifiable information, uh, depending on what account that they've actually taken over. Uh, they can request a new card or credit card. Uh, and a lot of times they'll add in another authorized user. And now what they've done is they've changed the password. So they essentially have locked you out of that account. Hence, the account takeover, right? And so some of the most vulnerable accounts with account takeovers are government benefits, uh, Social Security, you know, any kind of government checks you may be receiving. Those are kinds, types of accounts bad guys like to take over. Uh, your cell phone contract account, your checking account at your bank, your savings, of course, uh, credit card accounts. They love to take over those. Any store store loyalty reward accounts and, of course, e-commerce accounts 
or things that they really want to take over. So right now, the need um, to have the right processes and tools in place as a company, um, you need to have those uh, a lot of different kind of fraud prevention tools in place to differentiate between real honest customers and the fraudsters that are, are have taken over accounts. So the second most common type of fraud that I thought we should talk about today is synthetic identity fraud or synthetic identity theft. It's very hard to detect. And a lot of people don't like to talk about this because it's very difficult to kind of piece things together. And the way you piece the, the fraudulent data points together is having a robust fraud solution. So what is synthetic identity fraud? Well, it's a huge problem that's growing more and more in sophistication and what we're seeing higher levels of intensity and frequency. And a synthetic identity um, in, a, in the short form is a combination of really fabricated credentials or personal information uh, where the implied identity is not associated with the real person. So just like it's a th synthetic identity. And the fraudsters create these synthetic identities using potentially valid social security numbers here in the US, but they also combine that with, with false personally uh, identifiable information. So things are changing within that, what I call that persona or that identity by the, by the bad guy manipulating those data points. So for example, it would be something like a synthetic identity may have a real shippable address, but the social security number appears valid, but the social security name and date of birth in combination do not match with a real person. And so that's very difficult to detect uh, through a lot of companies, especially companies that are on legacy fraud prevention systems and companies that are, are able to upgrade to a more robust fraud prevention solution, especially within the uh, LexisNexis risk solution um, array of uh, fraud prevention products have a greater ability to detect synthetic identity fraud. And lastly, one of the most important uh, areas of these types of frauds, which continues to increase over and over again, is the malicious bots that are out there. And malicious bots are basically bots as a service. Um, you can go online today, Google bots as a service, and it's basically a software that's designed to emulate human behavior or human behavior online. And it really starts out as uh, a bot that's been programmed um, to enter these websites at scale. And, and when I say scale, it's only profitable if they're able to commit these frauds at scale. And, and what they do, they hit these websites and try to purchase limited edition um, and high demand products. Uh, and a lot of times these limited edition um, products are also limited quantities of popular merchandise. And a lot of times you'll see these uh, websites and you may hear about it in the news, uh, uh, sneakerheads or sneaker bots. Uh, uh, these people use sneaker bots. They're not always illegal, but they are illegal when stolen information is used to carry out these fraudulent purchases. Other areas that these uh, malicious bots use or what we call during this time of year, they're called Grinch bots or scalper bots. They're, they're going after these, again, high, uh, limited edition, high demand products. And um, they're going after uh, GPUs, uh, computers, graphics cards, and game consoles. Makes sense. Those are high demand products in this time of year. But left unchecked, uh, malicious um, bots, uh, malicious bots can cause massive losses to a company. So all three of these types of fraud that we've discussed can be detected and prevented with a robust fraud solution from LexisNexis risk solutions that, that can help a business authenticate different data points 
like the device uh, identification, the email address, the IP address, name and address, and the phone number, which are all important with authenticating that customer. Got it. I think you touched upon chargebacks earlier, and especially during this for e-commerce merchants, especially during this period, refund abuse and chargeback fraud is you know one of their biggest problems. Can you go into describing how they occur and what can be done? Oh, absolutely. Now that's a great question. You know, this time of year, e-commerce companies are trying to acquire more consumers for their business. You know, a new consumer acquisition is a huge priority. It's a, a brand opportunity and repeat business is vital for these companies, especially e-commerce uh, companies. So, uh, but what happens with, with the uptick in sales and sales volume and website traffic is the risk of having more fraud. And so e-commerce companies need to be really on the lookout on two other items that are very, very um, important. And that's chargeback fraud or what we call friendly fraud and returns abuse or return fraud, where customers basically are deceit, deceitful. They, they deceitfully claim that they never received the purchase items. So it could be as simple as a, uh, a consumer purchased something online from your website, you ship it to their, their home or office, and the consumer says, I never received the package. It must have been stolen by a porch pirate or something else and where, when in fact they actually received the product. So basically they game the system and that's basically chargeback fraud. It's not really friendly fraud. Not sure I like that term. It's not so friendly after all, is it? Um, but, but this kind of fraud occurs with products and services um, that are purchased by consumers online. And I'll give you an example of some of the return fraud that happens out there, especially at uh, retailers uh, that are selling um, clothing pr products online. An example would be a uh, type of return abuse uh, that we call um, in many different terms, basically let's call it wardrobing is what we call it. It's when consumers buy clothing with the intention of just wearing it once and then, and then returning it um, back to the company they purchase it from. And basically, the, and basically that's just a basic form of return fraud. Um, and the other part is, too, is receipt fraud. When someone falsifies receipts in an order to return merchandise, you know, for a profit. And return fraud may be an old old school avenue for bad guys and, and amateurs alike. It is not very sophisticated, um, but it is still on the rise. It's, it is because it's just easy to do. And what I always like to tell people is that bad guys do not commit crimes that they don't believe that they can carry out. And so as a fraud prevention professional, you need to look at some of those frauds that are coming in through your business and the level of sophistication and the means by which the bad guy uh, achieved um, uh, their fraud attempt is going to tell you a lot about, about that particular bad guy. In this case, uh, simple return fraud or wardrobing is pretty much amateur. Anyone pr can pretty much do that. You don't have to be sophisticated and create your own bot or program a bot and you don't have to have a lot of money like where you would have to to buy bots as a service software. So in this case, return fraud is very simple to, to carry out just like it is with friendly fraud, basically lying about whether or not you received that package when in fact you did and the loss is incurred by that company. Interesting. 
and so we've talked a lot about fraud, um, looking at things from a fraud angle or a risk angle, but let's just move on to trust and customer experience. How can e-commerce platforms deliver good consumer experience at the same time as protecting themselves from fraud during the season? Well, the best consumer experience during this time of season, and retailers are very conscious about that, and we hear this quite a bit, but it's that friction-free or reduced friction shopping experience, especially during the holidays. Consumers want to get on a website, find what they want, they want to buy it, they want to get the tracking number, and they want to get that package that they just ordered as soon as possible. So creating that shopping experience is a, is a huge benefit to online companies to help build their brand to add trust with that customer. And so whatever the companies are doing, they're trying to, to alleviate any pain point during the checkout process. You know, is it a, is there a CAPTCHA? Is there multi-factor authentication? What companies may do this time of year to alleviate that friction is reduce some of those extra authentication tools. And again, that's all with the intent on acquiring new customers. So the unintended consequence with that is that bad guys know that's happening and what they'll do, they will take full advantage of that friction-free shopping cart and try to take advantage of that retailer. But one of the best ways that retailers can get ahead of this and still create a frictionless shopping cart is really getting to know your customer who's online. And the more tools and the more data that you can get while that customer is on your website shopping, the better you're equipped to what, understand whether or not this is a real customer or is this a malicious bot. You know, using tools, you know, especially through the LexisNexis risk solution um, platform of products that help you authenticate and verify an e email address, the name and address, the phone number, IP address, and especially that device ID. All of those data points uh, create a persona or a, a profile of whether or not this customer do you really know them? Is this a real customer or is this a fraudulent customer or is this a machine? So really knowing your customer is really important, one, to help reduce that, that friction. But the better you know your customer, the better off you're going to be. And at the same time, you need to have that fraud solution in place that is that is geared so that it can move quickly and help you move quickly as fraud occurs. In other words, you have a set of business rules and data points and a dashboard with a risk solution where you can pivot and move quickly and respond to threats sooner than later. You don't need to have any coding experience or recreate APIs, but to have a fraud prevention platform that can pivot quickly is vital, especially this time of year when transactions and, and consumers are moving so fast. So what does that mean? Having that robust fraud solution, that power of machine learning, that advanced technology that allows companies to quickly look at that site data that's coming in, the email and the name and the phone number, IP address, device ID and other um, other data points is so critical so that those data points can help a company understand whether or not there's some abnormal behavior and that it gives that company the ability to detect potential fraud and and really understand whether or not that transaction that's coming from that customer is legitimate. And that helps with the entire process from the point of that good customer coming coming online, having a great online experience, and at the same time, helping the, the company acquire new customers and keep that sales revenue and profitability from that transaction. Fantastic. We've, throughout these podcasts, we've got, um, got a few messages from people outside of 
working in fraud actually um to say they've learned quite a lot about uh, fraud what would be your tips to those consumers to those people that don't work in fraud to avoid being uh, defrauded avoid being scammed at this time of the year that's a great question and um and and right now to the audience that we're speaking to they probably know that they're being emailed uh information advertisements and such from suspicious characters there's something something not right with that and my first advice would be is is take your time read those emails and be very cautious about anything you click on because a lot of these emails come in into play these phishing attacks so that you do click on a link and and like we talked about earlier with these malicious shopping sites it may look like an email that came from a, a reputable company that you shop with you click on that link and because it's some, something that's probably too good to be true, a sale that is so awesome you just can't miss it, or there's some sort of urgency to that phishing email or this email that you just received, that during this time frame you can save X amount of money or get free shipping, you know, all those things. So before you click on that one, you know, know the company or understand the, the company that you're looking at. Is, it, is this legit? Is that email legitimate you know a lot of the phishing attack emails there's going to be grammatical errors within the email there's spelling errors there's something's just off the graphics aren't quite right so just just take a moment to pause and really look at that and plus when if you do happen to click on that and that's going to happen when you do go to that website know know that website and know and and understand whether or not that looks like a le legitimate website is it really that close to the same website you shot before or could it be a website that has been spoofed by a criminal and developed for the means of acquiring your information and that's one of the the, the, the greatest things right now and this time of year because of, there's been so many data breaches throughout the last couple of years which is always important if you haven't already go ahead and change your password that's just a, just a no-brainer go ahead and change your password and when you do create a strong password and that includes upper and lower case letters uh, use numbers and special characters and if you can do that do that today if your information has been uh, compromised by changing that password it can save you a whole lot of grief in the near future especially uh, during this holiday season and during the holiday season a lot of people are traveling they're going to grandma's house they're flying all over the world you're traveling on business and what i'm saying here is you know be careful using free public wi-fi sites and again these are usually always available at hotels and airports coffee shops why do i say that free public wi-fi there is uh the dark side of that there could be a fraudster nearby uh, with with technology on their phone or some other device that is again spoofing that free web uh, Wi-Fi site and what they're doing you inadvertently click on the free Wi-Fi wi link thinking it was your favorite coffee shops free Wi-Fi it's really the bad guys Wi-Fi that he's created two tables away from you why is this important because if you're if that happens the froster is collecting your personal information so be very careful using public wi-fi uh if you have to i would recommend using the vpn and doing so so a lot of you a lot of you maybe on your personal pc or mac uh probably already have some of that preloaded in your antivirus software that's an added feature to have vpn added if you want to so i would definitely check into that and one other thing too during this holiday season be really cognizant 
uh, with your credit card statements uh, that you review. Look at those uh, with a fine tooth comb. Review them in, 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 a, in a detailed manner that you usually don't. You should uh, throughout the year, but this year, especially during the holiday season. Look for unusual or, uh, or unknown charges on your card and make a phone call immediately to your bank if something doesn't look right on your credit card statement. And all this folds up to some of the conversation we had earlier involving phishing. You're going to be getting all kinds of emails that you've never seen before during the holiday season. And these are this is this is where the bad guys have been really working hard for the last couple of years, sending out these emails to to you to get you to do something that you normally would not do. So a phishing attempt, this phishing email attempts to involve you know a fraudster who's impersonating someone you might know sometimes asking you to do something very urgent. Uh, they fake the emergency in hopes that you know, you're know you caught up in the moment and you click on something that you shouldn't have. So almost every phishing email is, is gonna be uh, involving some sort of sense of urgency. And I get uh, phishing emails all the time. I, I kind of laugh because I really like to look at these things, but they're all, almost always poorly written. Um, there's spelling errors and things like that. And a lot of times they're asking for things that are so out of the ordinary, too good to be true. So uh, I include some some best practices about phishing emails. You know, once you see something that's suspicious, don't really open it up. I mean, you'll see some special characters in your inbox, something that you may um, readily identify with as as a company or person you may know. But it, there's something off of that. So don't don't open an email from a sender that again that you don't recognize, or there's something off with the way the email looks. And again, once if you do open that email, never click on an unsolicited link that's inside that email. That link could take you somewhere somewhere that's very malicious, and it could at the same time cause a download of malicious software on your computer on your computer that is unknowingly uh, happening behind the scenes. Um, one other thing too is uh, smishing. You know what is smishing? Uh, funny word, but smishing is basically the text version of phishing. And I don't know about you, but I get I get smishing emails quite often. So those are the same types of communication that bad guys use in a text message format and under the guise of creating some sort of urgency, get you to click on something else so that you run down the rabbit hole to the fraudster's den where he's going to help uh, hopefully collect some of your personal information to use it in nefarious ways uh, on the web. So what can you do to be on the lookout for smishing texts? Well, a lot of times what, what we've seen is, is bad guys will send texts posing as maybe a collection agency uh, threatening to hurt your credit score, threatening to do something that's really outrageous. Um, a lot of times there'll be text messages that are telling you that uh, your your uh, statement is overdue. You need to pay immediately. Other text messages will actually be so bold to the next step is actually ask you for personal identification, like your social security number, date of birth, and banking information. And so if you see those things, be on high alert, especially this time of year, you should be on high alert all the time, but that's how they're going to try to target you and be on the lookout for those smishing uh, text messages. And lastly, uh, don't laugh, but it's vishing. It starts with a V, and that's the phone scam. And I, I bet you all of us on this call have had it, a phone call here, here or there, and it's a phone scam basically. It's it's the it's the phishing and the smishing version, but in a phone call form. So vishing is basically where a scam occurs, where fraudsters will call your personal phone number, and again, once threaten you or cause some sort of sense of urgency, there's some serious consequence 
and certain conditions that are not met, these things will happen. And it, 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 and these calls occur and they occur with great frequency over and over and through the years. Why? Because they work. But your greatest tool going forward is having the knowledge about what you can do to stop vishing. And how do you protect yourself against these phone scams? Well, one, don't answer the call. Don't answer a phone call uh, from unknown numbers. You know, and if it is, if you do answer a call from an unknown number and you get this scenario where you're being threatened or there's a sense of urgency to collect your data, do a, sp a spam blocker, block that number so they don't call you again. And again, never give out your credit card or personal information over the phone unless you're 100% confident you're speaking with a verified representative uh, from that financial in institution, insurance company, or government government agency. These things will help safeguard you, probably give you that armor of protection going against the bad guys this holiday season. And in the end, you'll be much happier for it. And so will your family. Uh, Skip, thank you so much for sharing your extensive knowledge. I certainly, certainly learned a lot. I hope you enjoyed it as well. Oh, absolutely. Thank you for the opportunity. And uh, I hope everybody has a happy and safe holiday season. Thanks, Skip. To our listeners, we hope you enjoyed this episode and learnt a lot. Make sure you stay safe from fraud during the holidays and join us again soon for another episode of the Identity Trust Pulse. Thank you for listening. The information provided in this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to and shall not be used as legal advice. The views and opinions expressed in this program are solely those of the speakers and don't necessarily reflect the views or position of LexisNexis Resolutions. LexisNexis Resolutions does not warrant that the information provided in this podcast is accurate or error-free.